0: Bengals fans and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast the Cincinnati Bengals lose to San Francisco in their home opener 41 to 17 they couldn't stop the run all day and I said on Twitter maybe this San Francisco team is just a bad matchup for the Bengals they have speed they have a good pass rush they have a good offensive line but doesn't that just sound like a good football team Joe? It
1: does, and the Bengals were no match for a good football team this week. Although, uh, the 49ers are 2-0, and and the Bengals are 0-2. I guess that's what they are, but I feel like the disparity was even wider than that. Uh, nothing the 49ers did gave the Bengals any bit of hope, or any fan watching any bit of hope that they would slow down, that the Bengals would slow them down, or that they'd get a third down stop at any point in this game.
0: The 49ers only faced nine third downs in the entire game. They had 27 first downs. They weren't even getting to the point where they could get off the field. Your Locked on Bengals lead story today is that the San Francisco 49ers win 41-17 to in Cincinnati, riding a dominant offensive line performance. They won both sides of the trenches, racking up a staggering 12 yards per pass and 6.2 yards per per run, including some garbage time runs toward the end of the game that didn't really go for very much. At one point in the game when it was still relatively close, the 49ers were averaging 7.5 yards per run. And if they can't stop the run, and I thought they'd be able to, they will have no shot at hanging in games.
1: This was a complete dominant performance by the 49ers against the Bengals. I thought the Bengals were completely outmatched, not only in the physical portion of the game as the 49ers offensive line manhandled the defensive line, pushed them out of the way, opened up running lanes, but then the missed tackles and the inability to keep up with the faster players on the 49ers offense at receiver, at tight end, at running back, the misdirection, the play calling. They got out-schemed, they got outplayed. This was a complete blowout.
0: The Bengals ended up giving up 572 yards of total offense in a performance reminiscent of the Terrell Austin performances last year. And like I said, it's all because they couldn't stop the run. The San Francisco starting running back, and Tevin Coleman wasn't playing today because he's out with an injury. Matt Breida had 121 yards on 12 carries. Over 10 yards per carry. And his long was only 34. It's not like he had an 80-yard run in there to jack up the average. His backup, Raheem Mostert, 13 carries for 83 yards, 6.4 yards per carry. Mostert added 68 yards receiving on three catches for a 22-yard average. The 49ers' screen game was great, and the run game was great, and Jimmy Garoppolo didn't really have to do anything. He didn't make any spectacular throws. He hit a couple of wide-open receivers for touchdowns, but that's all set up from the play-action game, in San Francisco and Kyle Shanahan ran it to... Perfection And Louie Anarumo and the Cincinnati defense didn't have an answer. They couldn't get a pass rush going because it's all play action and successful running games. And in the run game itself, you got guys over-pursuing everywhere. And I think the Bengals might have missed more tackles than they made today.
1: Oh, that I could see that for sure. Garoppolo was 17 of 25, 297 yards, three touchdowns and an interception to William Jackson. Uh, that put the Bengals in perfect position to get into this game and take control of this game. And the Bengals failed to get any points, again, reminiscent of last week's game in Seattle, you start off on the other team's side of the field and come away with zero points at a crucial point in the game.
0: Yeah, when you get a good takeaway like that and you end up with positive field position, I think they took over around the 30-yard line. You've got to get some sort of points. And not only did the Bengals not get points, they went backwards on their offensive drive after a holding penalty called back what should have been a first-down play Then Randy Bullock goes out there and misses a 52-yard field goal because Randy Bullock just isn't very good. And Zach Taylor, maybe not knowing that his kicker can't kick long field goals yet, I mean, I would assume Zach Taylor knows this by now, is asking guys to do things that he shouldn't necessarily be asking them to do. And this this includes some other matchups that I noticed too, like asking CJ Uzama to block a defensive end one-on-one. And I'm not sure what happened on that early touchdown to Marquise Goodwin, but it looked like B.W. Webb just didn't run with him in man coverage and just lost him in the trash. And it looked like it was man behind him. And he just sat down in a flat, not knowing where his man went.
1: Yeah. So there's a lot of of examples of maybe this team not really fully realizing who they have yet and what they have and where their deficiencies are. Because when you look at the run game, again, it was grounded completely. And then no pun intended there. Joe Mixon, 11 carries for 17 yards. That's a 1.5 average. At, At one point, it was less than one. Giovanni Bernard, six carries for six yards. And even Andy Dalton, two carries for two. It was, there was nothing there. There's Completely, it's not a part of the game, and there was many opportunities in this game where they could have abandoned the run like they did week one. not saying that that's always a great plan, but when you're going out there and it's second and seven, second and eight, second and ten, and you're committed to running it on that second down for maybe one yard if you're lucky, well, it's putting them in third and long or third and, and medium situations that really the Bengals struggled in all day on offense.
0: They ran the ball 19 times against 42 passes and four sacks to go along with it. Dalton wasn't very good today. The running game couldn't get untracked. And the few times they did have a, f- a couple of positive plays, they were called back for holding. And this is a theme. They had several holding penalties again on big plays that could have sustained some drives, could have cut the Bengals in the game. But as soon as the Bengals got behind, 49ers just kept it on the ground the whole game, took it out of Garoppolo's hands. And unlike Seattle last week, where Seattle dared Dalton to beat them, the 49ers tried to bait the Bengals into running. And so they stayed with the running game in some situations where the numbers game dictated we should be running the ball here didn't work. A couple bright spots to mention before we wrap up the lead story, and that's Tyler Boyd and John Ross. John Ross popping off a 66-yard touchdown on a really nice route to finish the game, showing off that speed. And Tyler Boyd had 10 catches for 122, should have had a touchdown and probably 20 more yards on top top of that. Uh, He had a touchdown called back for a holding penalty, as well as Billy Price at left guard just got bulldozed. That's your Locked On Bengals lead story today. The Bengals fall in their home opener to Seattle. We'll be back in just a minute to get into some more of the details about this game, and it's a depressing one, but we'll try to look for some bright sides too and see what we can look to build on. But if you're looking for tickets for the next Bengals game, or maybe it's a Reds game, maybe it's just something that's not sports-related because you're in Cincinnati and sometimes sports are rough, go check out Vivid Seats an online ticket marketplace dedicated to providing fans of live entertainment with experience that will last you a lifetime. And I want to reiterate, that's not just sports. You can go to one-stop shop for any kind of tickets over at Vivid Seats, and they have a reward system that you can get 10 to 16% credit on all of your purchases on the app. And I think
1: with a reward system, that would make me feel better about going to a game where the Bengals get blown out and I bought tickets through Vivid Seats. At least I get some credit for the next purchase.
0: Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app and you'll be automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats Rewards loyalty program and you'll enjoy credits on all of your purchases going forward. And on top of the rewards, they also back their orders with a 100% guarantee. So that's pretty great peace of mind. So again, go check out Vivid Seats on the App Store or Google Play and try promo code KICKOFF at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
1: Zach Taylor's first words following the loss were, quote, that's a loss we've got to own. We got blown out at home. We all know this is not us. We are a much better team than that.
0: I got bad news for you, Zach Taylor. I think this is exactly who you are. I don't think this is an effort thing. I don't think it's even necessarily a scheme thing. I think the Bengals got thoroughly out-athleted. They didn't have the speed. They didn't have the strength. They couldn't get off blocks. Maybe they did get out-schemed a little bit. I did say that one of the problems was I thought they were getting out-coached, particularly with some of the misdirection that San Francisco was throwing at them. The Bengals got beat on every play-action play, every counter. Cutback lanes were there for days. There was no backside contain. No gap integrity. It was just a rough showing.
1: And that's why people like Kyle Shanahan in that offense. If you've never watched 49ers offense uh, the last couple of years, that's why people have picked them to be a good team if they ever got Jimmy G back healthy again, uh, because they do a lot of scheming open, and you could see it there. But uh, the Bengals didn't do much of that this week on offense. And uh, I thought early in the game, maybe there was a few plays on maybe the first two scripted drives, the wheel route to Tyler Boyd up the left sideline, nice combo off of John Ross's deep route, pulling the safety away. Uh, but after that, it seemed very generic. There seemed like there wasn't a lot going on there. And, and especially on the, when matched up against the, the 49ers, like it was, it was a stark contrast in my opinion of what they were doing to get their guys open versus what the Bengals were doing. But at the same time, uh, I do agree. They're getting out-athleted. I think San Fran was fast, man. Their linebackers are fast. Their safeties were fast. The receivers are fast. Their running backs were really fast. Uh, and it was a bad matchup. And, in a lot of ways, because I think the Bengals' linebackers looked extra slow today. I think the Bengals' edge defenders, and I'm not talking about the—I uh, should use a different word than that. The corners defending the run this week were particularly poor. I thought Drake or Patrick had a terrible showing against the run. He had a terrible showing, I think, overall in the, in the game. But uh, it, when your run defense on the outside, on the boundary, isn't there for a team that's going to run a lot of wide zone and, and, and pull guys out and get out into those, in those space and those flats with a blocker in front, you've got to have physical corners willing to come up and make plays. And they just, they're not that type of team. And they're built that way. They've got a bunch of skinny corners that really aren't great tacklers. And because of it, they got exposed really bad on defense on that side.
0: Even when they were in base, and I noticed a few times when they seemed to stay in nickel when the 49ers came out in heavy personnel with two tight ends, and they knew that the tight ends were there to help them run the ball. Bengals stayed in nickel anyway, and they got absolutely gashed. They just didn't have the guys to get off blocks against a really good, it turns out, San Francisco offensive line. And it sounds like Joe Staley broke his fibula today, so he's going to miss some time. Yeah, you don't like to see those injuries. But this was a bad game for injuries, actually. We haven't talked about this yet. The Bengals lost, I think, five guys to injury. Most notably, Carl Lawson goes out with a hamstring. Kerry Wynn had a concussion. B.W. Webb had his arm in a cast after the game. Mike Jordan looked like he hurt his knee he was carted off the field don't yeah. expect to see him back and i'm forgetting one one other guy i think got hurt
1: well mike jordan's looked like he hyperextended maybe that left knee as he had a he, he was putting weight on it and the uh, joey bosa was uh kicking inside and kind of looked like they con- connected legs and uh jordan just fell to the ground afterwards
0: yeah nick bosa kicked his leg inside there not joey that's on another team but it hey, doesn't
1: matter Do I they call- have a cousin that's going to be drafted this year because i'm ready to draft him
0: Uh, Ohio State commit 2020 or something. He's coming. (laughs) If he exists, he's coming. Carlos Dunlap after the game said, this is not a snowball effect. This is not a whiff of last year. So you do like to see, I think, talking about encouraging signs here, some mental resiliency, some toughness in the locker room, some players saying, you know what? We're going to own this. This isn't going to be like last year though. And maybe it will be. We don't know yet. 0-2 0 and 2 means you have, what, like a 12% chance of getting to the playoffs yeah. at this point? Good news, by the way, on that note, the Steelers are also 0 and 2 and have a 12% chance of getting to the playoffs or whatever that number is. It might be 25. It's not good. Um, Jay Morrison has
1: an update on Michael Jordan. says he is walking fine. No sign of a brace. He says he's good. Wow. You right. Go from getting so carted off
0: the field <laughs> to he's good. Right.
1: So that's that's a quick turnaround there. We may not see Billy Price just yet, although I would say um, I'm going to look hard at John Miller after this game in review because I saw again, no push on that side of the ball. He's a big guy. I know he's not a great run blocker, better in pass protection. And I didn't notice him getting beaten pass pro. But uh, I think at some point we've got to find a way to get Billy Price into one of these guard spots.
0: I mean, they've got to find somebody who can run block, right? Because right now there's literally nobody on this team except maybe Trey Hopkins, who I didn't notice this week in a bad way. So I think he was probably fine. There was no pressure coming up the middle in Andy Dalton's lap from the center position. A couple of times I feel like I saw him get to the second level. We'll have to check that out on rewatch. But right. There needs to be somebody else who can run block because Bobby Hart can't. Andre right. Smith at this point can't. Cordy Glenn, he been in concussion protocol for four weeks. Where are they going to get some help on the offensive line? They've been able to scheme decent pass protection for Dalton. There have. there have been issues. There have been times when you see the tackles get beat, but the offense is, is ready for that. But where it really gets exposed is when they try to run the ball 20 times and they get 10 yards running.
1: Yeah, it can't continue the way it's going, uh, or you're very close to abandoning the run completely. And then you don't want to do that because you've spent a lot of money. You've spent a r- lot of resources on the running backs. You need to use them. My bigger concern right now is in the passing game for the running backs there. It's not existent again, and they should be a heavy part of this offense. You look at besides Ross and Boyd, who had good games by, by their standards, by all standards, actually, uh, there's no one else out there. Drew Sample is the next leading receiver at 25 yards in garbage time. Alex Erickson's out there really not doing much again. He, he had a couple contested balls that he couldn't pull in. One was low, uh, and then you look at Damian Willis, one catch, six yards. Auden Tate, one catch, six yards. It's just, they're not getting open. They're not the type of guys that are going to get open. These running backs, Joe Mix and Giovanni Bernard, should be a bigger part of this passing game. If you can't use the running game fully, these screen games and these short passes, passes have to be an extension of the run game. And right now, they're not even getting that.
0: Well, they were in week one. And then sure. this week, it just disappeared. And the couple times they tried to go to the running backs, Andy Don had another pass batted down, which... I am increasingly blaming on the offensive line and not Andy Dalton at this point, to be honest. This is something that I talked about with Trey Hopkins, talked about the difficulty and the skill that it takes to transition from kicking and going backwards and pass protection to converting that into a drive block, getting your hands into somebody and actually taking them to the ground. That's a skill. And the Bengals' pass protection is on its heels so much that I don't think that they're ever going to be in a position with this personnel to actually do that when defensive linemen get their hands into passing lanes, get their hands up, the offensive line isn't getting into them and driving them to the ground. You watch the Philadelphia Eagles, they'll do that multiple times in a game. That's yeah. just a difference in, in skill on the offensive line. And I
1: I like Trey's answer on that too during your interview because he says we've got to keep the pass rushers engaged because if they when they stop engaging and they stop, stop hand battling you is when they get the opportunity to get their hands up in the air uh because they stop pass rushing at that point so i think that's also part of it also is you can tell really quickly the Bengals are trying to get the ball out very, they always have with Dalton and in this yeah. offense they've always tried to get the ball out quickly so when they do uh you put your hands up and that goes to the point of the offensive line i think i really probably only noticed andre smith multiple times getting beat the rest of the guys just each took their turn one after the next whether it was michael jordan getting uh, giving up a sack i believe on when he had help from Mixon, and there was just a miscommunication on the timing i think it looked like they all expected the ball to be out and then actually you know no one continues blocking that guy and he runs right around i think with buckner runs right around uh, michael jordan for the sack but everyone took their turn and you know i i look at it like Oh, we should update, too. Andre Smith looked like he was benched, but then later the the TV broadcast said he was hurt, so John Jerry played left tackle. and I didn't notice John Jerry afterwards, but obviously what we know of him probably limits your offense a little bit to have him out there. Again, the Bengals ended up with two different guys, backup, backup, backups at this point at left tackle and left guard. No surprise, it hindered their offense.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think most NFL teams are struggling when you're on your fourth string left tackle, but... That's not really an excuse. You have to find ways to keep the offense moving. And the Bengals, all the success that they had last week in the passing game wasn't there today. They had the one great play to Boyd where he schemed open. They had the touchdown to Ross where he schemed open against the backup because at that point Richard Sherman's out of the game for San Francisco. But besides that, I'm not seeing enough. I'm seeing a bunch of hitch routes that the 49ers start to sit on. We have one deep shot to... Damian Willis, who almost made a spectacular catch, just inches out of his reach, really. But that part of the passing game wasn't there today. And they had the vertical game working against Seattle. So some things disappeared from week one that we'll have to pay attention to when we go back and rewatch the game. And it kind of makes you want to go back to week one and look at it a little more
1: critically. Think of the just before halftime. If, if John Ross doesn't catch that pass that should have been intercepted by a safety and go for a 55-yard touchdown... The Bengals only score three in the second half. What does the game end up being? 13 points. And really, what does the passing offense look like without that play in terms of yards and production? You may just come away from that and saying the same thing of there just really isn't nothing there besides if they're not getting these scheme big plays open or the, or the luck big plays, which I kind of put towards the Ross garbage time one as something that's not replicable um, or you can't replicate it. Is that the right? You know what I'm saying? They, you can't count on that every week. But the Boyd scheme going down the side I think there's really little to work with here in this passing offense that gets me excited. And it's crazy to say, because if you look just stat-wise, Dalton's had a very good start to the year.
0: Production-wise, Dalton has been good enough, maybe. But in terms of actual on-field, situational football, not quite there. Let's come back to this point in just a moment and talk about the implications and how this resets our expectations going forward. We talked about that a little bit last week. I'm sure we'll get into it a lot more tomorrow once we've had a chance to digest and take a step back. But we can look at a couple of bright spots, those being the wide receivers, and we can look at the fact that the the defensive line can't carry this team against good offensive lines and look at some of those deficiencies and maybe we have to reevaluate our week one optimism. I think we do. Guys, let's talk about sex. Now you can increase
1: your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. Bluechew.com. That's blue, like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up as twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Let me tell you, we get free samples, and if you think George Kittle had a good stiff arm today, you've seen nothing yet. Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor visits, no waiting at the pharmacy, and best of all, no awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than the pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code locked On. Just pay the $5 shipping. Again, that's blue dot com. Promo code locked on to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. And we thank them for sponsoring the Locked On Bengals podcast. So our Cincinnati Bengals are 0-2 to start the year. And while I think going into the offseason and into the regular season, I think many would have maybe suspected they're 0-2 at this point. Uh, after an 0-1 start, the fan base was excited for the future. And I think this game may potentially bring everyone back down to earth. But the Bengals also travel to Buffalo next week where the Bills are 2-0. and Now they're home opener in Buffalo. I think things could get sideways pretty quickly here for this Bengals team but does, Jake I think this brings in a question does this really is this any of this off plan for what we expected is are we more it's not wins and losses right we're more interested in in the how and the why rather than the final outcome so I, you know there's still some to be dissected here is this feels like a big experiment or or uh, a litmus test to what we feel we have at quarterback at head coach and some of the major pieces on this team
0: Well, I really wonder now because today's game felt a lot like last year. They got blown out on both sides of the ball. Andy Dalton didn't look like he could do anything to make this team better. He's fine within the system. And if you want to say I'm bashing on Dalton for this, I'll disagree with you. I'm just saying he doesn't look like the guy that's going to elevate the team. He's not that top six quarterback That you need when you have holes on other parts of your team, like Aaron Rodgers, maybe You know, Aaron Rodgers prime had similar teams, right? Where the offensive line is shaky. The defense isn't going to do it every week. And he needed to put the team on his shoulders and make it happen. That's obviously not Andy Dalton. So you need to make sure that these other pieces around him are good. And there's just all these holes. They have linebackers that are too slow. The defensive line can't carry them. The secondary isn't quite as good as we thought it would be, and now B.W. Webb's hurt, so that means we get at least three weeks of Tony McRae before Darquez art is eligible to come off the PUP. There are just a lot of holes piling up, it feels like, and I wonder, can we coach any of these guys up, or is this just going to be more of the same?
1: Right, because that was the question, right, coming in. Um, there's two ways to cover up holes. There's, there's a lot of ways, but the... the... Prevalent ways to cover up your major areas of weakness on a good team are through coaching, scheming, you know, hiding those holes, accentuating your strengths and trying to hide your weaknesses, and having a, a freakishly good quarterback that makes, you know, tips the scales, balances everything out in your favor. Uh, I, I, The hope is that we have a coach that can do that. We didn't see that this week. We didn't see that today. I thought after week one, we thought, okay, maybe Taylor can scheme some of these issues away or he's not going to force the run when it's not there or on defense, Lou Anarumo week one versus Lou Anarumo week two are completely the opposite sides of the coin where we thought, okay, maybe Anarumo can scheme this defense into getting uh, better coverage back there, there to allow this defensive line to take over. Whereas in this game, I think once San Fran had the lead, defensive line's gone. And that is what we've seen in the past where if other teams can lean on the run and stay on the run, it's going to kill this defensive line and kill the pass rush pretty quickly. And we definitely saw that. And we don't have, the Bengals don't have an offense to come from behind or to win a shootout, in my opinion, because they don't have the offensive line. So the drop-back passing game is really limited at that point. Uh, I think without A.J. Green, and I know the two receivers are good, but really they're not getting anything out of tight end. Even go back to week one, it was scheme stuff for tight end screens and and, and the such. Uh, that third receiver right now is non-existent for them, so you might as well be going out there with 10 offensive players. Uh, I think it's really hard to, unless you're scheming these guys open constantly. And it's, that's, when we talk about this, this isn't something you can do 60 out of 60 plays. Hopefully the 49ers almost did out of other, out of other plays, right? Well, hopefully we're looking for 30 plays or so half of them where you feel like your scheme is going to get you in position to make these guys look good and get them, get them uh, going in the right direction. The other ones you need these guys to win one-on-one battles and be better athletes and better football players than the guy across from them. And I think we saw today uh, that we are the Bengals are still weak in too many places.
0: And I think penalties were an issue too. Week one they were very good, they are very disciplined, Correct. didn't have penalties pile up. Today they had seven for sixty yards, but they came at very bad times. Almost all of those erased big plays and were holding penalties. Yeah. When you have seven penalties for 60 yards, the math adds up, right? They had a couple of non-10-yard varieties and five 10-yard varieties or something like that.
1: And how many resulted in them ending up with, I tweeted uh, probably five times today, third and 12, third and 15, yeah. third and 16, third and 19. You are not going to convert. I don't care who the quarterback is at that point. You may convert one, you may, and they probably did convert one, but you're not going to do that at a consistent basis. You need to win on first down, and then the Bengals were forcing a run on second down for a lot of these And because of the misses on first or because of the miscommunications, because of the penalties, they were put in third and long situations far too often. And you don't want to trust this offensive line versus a very stacked and deep set of pass rushers for the 49ers in third and long. And I think game flow is going to be a big factor Mm -hmm. in how good the Bengals look every week. And this is the extreme example of when they're down and the other team can run the ball and control the game completely, the Bengals are going to look like the worst version of themselves.
0: And this is exactly the same as it was last year when things didn't go well early for the Bengals last year. And so far this year today, things didn't go well early. They get behind. They can't run the ball. The other team can run the ball. And then you're just drop back passing and the play action game gets taken away and they need the play action game to be working. And for the play action game to work, really, they need to be within at least two scores. Right. And. This is, like like we said early in the podcast, this is just a straight-up blowout. So this game was over going into the fourth quarter, but, man, you just... I wasn't expecting it, right? Like, I, I had the Bengals winning this game. I thought it was going to be a close game either way. I thought these teams were pretty similar on paper. But the 49ers' offensive line is great, and are, that was a huge difference maker.
1: It was a big factor because the Bengals' strength of their entire team is probably their D-line. And we only got to see flashes of good. A couple pressures. Dino Atkins blew through the line a couple times. But other than that, they really climbed up to the second level. He erased linebackers consistently, which I thought was a big issue. That might be something I focus on in the film review. Uh, as Preston Brown just couldn't scrape over the top and get to the next hole. And so many times it allowed that running back just to cut up freely. I mean, that, there was these lanes were huge. Mm-hmm. So uh, part of that goes on the defensive line, also. Again, uh, but I think when you look at the strengths and weaknesses of this game having a really great O-line beat the Bengals' best position at, on the defensive line, and for the Bengals on the offensive side, a really great defensive line for the 49ers beat the Bengals' really bad offensive line. And really, you can boil it down to that in terms of position versus position and say, no wonder they lost so bad.
0: Yeah, I said this game would come down to trench play, and the 49ers absolutely dominated the trenches on both sides of the ball, their pass rush, and the ability to stop the run made the Bengals one-dimensional, and Dalton had to get rid of the ball quickly. So yes, they didn't have a ton of sacks. How many sacks did the 49ers end up with? Five,
1: they had
0: I four sacks for 20 yards in the end. One mm-hmm. of those was the ball Dalton should have thrown away. He ends up taking a little bit of a loss on the play after he's scrambling. Yeah, that's right. But that. that still affects the passing game, right? They're, they're getting out of those deep downfield shots. They're throwing a the lot of balls underneath. They're getting rid of the ball very quickly. And they're just a one-dimensional team at that point. And the 49ers successfully got the Bengals into that position, really dictated the game on both sides of the ball. And this is the result. Next week, the Bengals head to Buffalo. Buffalo's 2-0, coming off two road games. Well, technically road games. They were both in New York. They played
1: the Jets and then the Giants, which is weird to start two away games in the same stadium. And actually, technically,
0: they play in New Jersey. So it was not uh, New York games. Just just a little bit outside of the state. Similar to San Francisco, starts 2-0 and on the road on the East Coast. This is yeah. a big issue for the 49ers coming into the game. They couldn't win on the East Coast under Shanahan. And now they've done it two games in a row, winning 41-17 to in Cincinnati in a game that I thought the Bengals would win in a close one. Turns out to just be a blowout. We'll be back tomorrow after we've had some time to digest and think about this further. One question that might be under is: should the Bengals trade A.J. Green? Maybe we'll have an answer for you tomorrow on that question. Until then, Bengals fans, have a good one. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast.